For sleep's sake, assisting you with babies, toddlers and children's safe sleep and settling. Hello and welcome to For Sleep's Sake. This series has been developed to assist you when it comes to babies, toddlers and children's safe sleep and settling. The world of baby and toddler sleep can be so difficult for parents to navigate. And we certainly know that when it comes to sleep, no two babies or children are the same. When it comes to the top questions parents have, sleep is up there. And so today on the show, we'll be discussing understanding sleep challenges in our babies and toddlers with Cindy Davenport. Cindy is a registered midwife, maternal and child health nurse, and the director of Turnity Group, the company behind some of Australia's most recognised brands in the antenatal and early parenting education space, which includes Safe Sleep Space, Sleep Smart, and Nourish Baby. Cindy is passionate about the health and well-being of families and offers a sensible, response-based approach to help babies and children with sleep problems. Welcome to the show, Cindy. Thanks again, Simon. So, Cindy, tell us why sleep is on the top of the list for parents and what are the most common sleep and settling disturbances in babies and toddlers we are most likely to come across? Yes, sleep. Well, sleep. We all love our sleep. <laughs> and as parents, it becomes something that we find we we often ask each other about or did the baby sleep or how's your baby sleeping? It's a top of the pop question for our parents and something we do take very seriously across the of the world. And um, certainly we know that around about 40% of all our babies and toddlers will have some sort of sleep issue. We really don't like to call it a challenge because often it's quite normal. There are reasons why babies and toddlers don't sleep, which we're going to discuss on our podcast series. But um, for parents, unsettled babies, especially in the first few months after birth, is quite quite normal. And as I say, about 40% will have some sort of a challenge. But these things are always easily overcome, particularly with the right help and the right support from health professionals and organisations. So one of the things that um, we really love for parents to understand is that each baby goes through an age and stage. They're key developmental milestones. And what we'll often see is that parents will feel that their baby should be sleeping longer when in actual fact, developmentally, they just can't. They're just not able to. Babies um, need to wake and feed around the 24-hour clock, so they need to be able to be fed. This is biologically normal and parents often will want their babies to sleep through the night when really it's not realistic and, and they're not really biologically able to do that. It's one of the questions uh, that we try to to not really answer for parents, when is my baby going to sleep? Because every baby is, of course, unique and, and not the same. So the things that parents need to understand is why might their baby not be settling, what they might be able to do about that and who to go to for help. And they're kind of the things that we're going to discuss here today. So let's talk a little bit more about that. And can you explain to us the reasons why? babies and toddlers often won't sleep? So babies and toddlers will often go through various uh, stages and the most common issues that parents will say to us is, is that they're having difficulty with either getting their baby to settle to sleep or their baby is waking after a very short period of time, so maybe 30 minutes, what we'll call a cat nap, or their baby is very unsettled and waking frequently overnight. In fact, so much so that they feel that their baby is waking more overnight than, than they are during the day. And these are key issues that uh, babies 
will often do, particularly our little babies who have not as yet developed what we call circadian rhythm. And circadian rhythm is is simply put in terms of it's a difference between day and night. Now, little baby realistically up until about five to six months of age does not have much circadian rhythm they they actually don't know the difference between day and night so as parents when you when you come to us at safe sleep space and and sleep smart and you say oh you know my baby's mixing up their day and night well yep they actually probably are because they don't have enough uh, hormone melatonin in their system to uh, be able to help that circadian rhythm. It's it's the equivalent of yourselves as parents or as, as adults having jet lag. Anyone who's had jet lag knows how that feels. Your body clock is all out of proportion and you'll find yourself awake in the middle of the night and you're going, oh, I just want to sleep. But until you get your circadian rhythm back on board, then you will sink back into, into rhythm. So for our little babies under, say, you know, five or six months, they actually don't have that great circadian rhythms yet. So it's really normal. They're meant to wake at night um, and frequently so that they can feed. So what do you tell parents when they say to you, my baby won't sleep? It's a really, really common question. And for parents, can I reassure you that you're not on your own, okay? This is really quite common and uh, there's lots of reasons why our babies won't sleep. And, And it really helps to look at the most basic possibilities first. Every baby is their own little individual. They have their own sleep requirements. Some sleep better at different phases and longer. And as we talked about, their their stage of sleep will vary with that developmental phase. And babies will will cry for various reasons. One of the main reasons that um, babies often won't sleep, we say to parents, is is they're, they're often overtired. So an overtired baby is harder to settle to sleep. So one of the settling strategies is to always look for the early tired signs in our in our babies and look for that sleep window to maximise the chances of that little infant or baby going off to sleep in a, in a really comfortable and easy way. Looking at the type of cry, a parent will often explain to or try to say, what is that type of cry? I can't quite decipher it. You know, is it is it that I need to rush in and, and pick them up? In actual fact, our babies have four types of cries that they, they can exhibit. And it's really helpful if parents can can try to work, work through these types of cries. And parents are fantastic. They know their babies and they know what their cries do mean. Trust yourself. You will pick these cries up quite quickly. But essentially, the four cries are a baby will grizzle. They'll just, you know, grizzle around. They really don't need you to, to rush in. They will fuss. They will just sort of ooh, ah, and fuss around a little. It's a little bit like yourself getting comfortable before you go to bed. None of us just pop into bed and slip our head on the pillow and go, oh, very few of us, out like a light. You fuss and you toss and you turn a little bit till you find your position of comfort. Babies do this too. Vocalizing, you might see this in your little ones who are about seven or eight months when they start getting a few of the again, they're just nesting and getting themselves really relaxed and um, they're not crying. But the one that we really want parents to really focus on is what we call the full forceful cry. And that's when a baby is crying really, really loudly. And we'll talk about the steps with this, but we want parents to listen out for, for the number of cries. And certainly if a baby is fussing or grizzling, but then escalate 
it's particularly on the third cry out and it's forceful, that's when we, we really do need to respond. One of the other reasons why a baby won't sleep is, is just being careful that they're not hungry, you know, that if they have been fed or, of course, the simple things like they're not uncomfortable, you know, wet, dirty, nappy. Really um, also ensuring that your baby's not unwell. If you feel that your baby is unwell, and again, go with your gut feel, parents absolutely know. Parent comes to us and, ha- and says, uh, I really think that there's something wrong, then we take that really seriously because parents understand and know their baby. They're with their babies all the time. So if you feel that your baby's unwell, um, we don't do any settling and so really advise that you have your child um, attended to or looked at by a GP or or consultant or doctor or paediatrician or your child health nurse. Um a developmental phase is absolutely key. We'll often see little phases, and we'll talk about this in a moment too, around uh, what, what these sleep phases do look like. But certainly, if you know that your baby's taking on a developmental milestone, it might be a reason why they're not sleeping. Um, babies go through different growth spurts as well. We know this, that in order for babies to grow in a very healthy way, they have particular growth spurts. And these are often around the three-week, six-week, three-month, six-month phases. And this is when you'll see that they're going through what we call a bit of a feeding frenzy. It's perfectly normal, but babies might not sleep as well at this phase. Go with this. A growth spurt doesn't last forever, but it's key. And again, check in with your child health nurse or, or doctor if you're worried um, about anything in, in, in your baby or, or signs. Um, one of the key things that we do, often parents, you know, you'll come to us or you'll you'll say that the baby's really hit what we call a peak of unsettledness around about the ages of 6 to 12 weeks. And a lot of researchers believe this is based, uh, based around a baby's nervous system um, it's quite immature and one of the ways that they express this is in crying and um, it's often the reason why they're a little bit unsettled and we do need to help them babies need our help and regulation they need soothing they need reassurance from you as parents and uh, engage with your baby tune in with your baby we want you to respond to your baby and finally probably one of the other reasons there's there's plenty of reasons um including sleep associations. That's a big one. And we um, we often will, will hear parents say, I'm putting my baby to sleep in a certain way. Um, sleep associations is another reason why babies won't sleep. And we'll explain how to help babies in that situation. But separation anxiety is another key one. So around about seven to nine months of age, um, babies who you know might have been sleeping a little bit better uh, often start waking up again. And parents go, oh, what's going on? Just when I thought I was on top of it, there's this... What we'll call separation anxiety or look at it more in the terms of um, a emotional top-up if you like because the baby is simply just looking for you as their their carer or their parent to have that reassurance that they're they're close and it really peaks with a time that we call this separation anxiety in in that the baby actually knows that you're leaving the room this is why they're crawling because if they could crawl around and find you even get out of the cot which we don't want them to do they would come and find you to seek that reassurance Um, it's called a, a object or parent permanent stage and um, it truly is something that we we really need to explain to parents as often a reason but with all doesn't matter what all the reasons are that your baby won't sleep please be reassured that there's always somebody to help there's often a reason why it's happening and it doesn't always last very long so it's often about just just sometimes working with your supports, certainly your partners and families and if in childcare, your educators as well are a key important person to help you over these issues and phases.
Cindy, how much sleep do babies and toddlers actually need? And can you explain the sleep cycle for us? We don't like to set um, any particular routine or set sleep times for our babies and children. It's just really helpful, though, to have a guideline because every baby and toddler is so different. There's no absolute norm at all when it comes to the hours of sleep. And um, parents will find that, you know, in a family they might have one baby that needed more sleep than the other. Um, certainly we would we would recommend there, there are guidelines that help here. One of them is the Australian Government 24-hour movement guideline and certainly in your country you will find that there is a set or similar standard. But a suggested um, indicated time for an infant, very, very early on, very newborn babies, you'll see that they sleep quite a lot, really quite a lot. So, you know, up to 17 hours often is what they'll sleep over a 24-hour period. When they get between sort of about four months and then upwards and, and so to around that early 10 to 11 months, you could expect around 12 to 16 hours. But again, don't get hard and fast about it all. It's not setting concrete. That includes sleep at night and, and naps as well. And our little toddlers, they usually have about somewhere between 12 to 14 hours of good quality sleep, which is consistent with sort of sleep and, and various nap times. I think what one of the, the really important things to also highlight here is not just focusing only on the sleep. We really need to also um, help uh, our babies and toddlers with what we call sedentary behaviour and physical activity. We sort of separate things out now going, it's good for them to have this much amount of sleep, but we also know that sedentary behaviour. So that is things like not being restrained for more than an hour at a time, you know, like in a stroller or a car seat or high chair, certainly in front of screens, you know, this is not recommended. And if they are in sedentary behaviour, which of course has to happen, we want them to be engaging in, in other activities like, you know, reading or puzzles, singing, storytelling. This happens a lot when um, our little ones are in care, particularly in our early years settings, which are fantastic settings and, and really help our babies um, with their development. Physical activity, we all know it's so important. This helps our babies' um, health and well-being. So yeah, don't be, be worried about the actual sleep timeframes. It's more around setting a nice pattern that works with the family. We also know that families have different needs. You know, some dads or partners work late. They come in late, so babies will like to say hello, of course, as will the the, um, the father or the, the um, parent to their baby. So we don't have to be too strict about it, but just, just roughly within those hours of sleep that we suggest. And a sleep cycle. Sleep cycles is a guide really again. And essentially when we talk about a sleep cycle, this is we, we all have a sleep cycle. doesn't matter whether we're a baby, whether we're a toddler, whether we're an adult. The difference is in the time. And this is really important for parents because it essentially comes back to the key reasons why babies are often unsettled or harder to resettle. It's essentially because often babies can only have one sleep cycle. So for a baby, we'll start We'll start with a baby. They have a, a sleep cycle of, of around about, you know, 25, 35 perhaps up to 45 minutes. And this is like us all. When you start in your sleep, you start and then move down into what we'll call a deep sleep or a non-REM sleep, so non-rapid eye movement sleep. And, and look, essentially this can take different people or babies a number of minutes. We all have a different way of sinking into, into this state. But then round about after that for an infant, particularly around that 30 perhaps minutes, they'll come up into what we call their light sleep or their rapid eye movement sleep. This is great. If you're watching um, your baby, you will actually see rapid eye movements underneath their eyelids. So have a little look out for that. You'll all be peering over the cot now going, oh, 
think they're in rapid eye movement. <laughs> it's a key because you know that that's only a 30-minute cycle and you want your baby to then go back down into what the deep sleep is. So if your baby is starting to look or, or has always woken after that sort of 30 minutes, these are essentially what we call our catnappers. We've always heard the term catnap, my baby catnaps. Or, you know, we have parents come to us and say, oh, you know, I can bake a cake. It takes 30 minutes and I don't have to set the alarm because on the, on the oven because my baby's awake and they're my clock, you know. Well, this is actually happening because your baby's having a sleep cycle. And honestly, the baby, your baby will go back down into another deep sleep and um, that's essentially what we want them to do. Sometimes they need a little bit of help if they're waking in that light sleep or waking in that what we'll call the, um, the rapid eye movement phase. And that's a lot to do with sleep associations, which we will cover further into the podcast. But ourselves, uh, as adults, our sleep cycle is about 90 minutes. Toddlers, well, 90 to 120 minutes. Toddler's cycle is about 60 minutes. And our little babies, yeah, about 30 to 35 minutes. It's key to know, so then you can get an understanding of, of what a cycle could be like for your baby. So this leads us on to knowing when a baby is tired and what signs parents should look for of the baby being tired. Like anything with our babies, we really don't want you to look at clocks. We want you to look at your baby. Your baby is, is there, you know, they communicate with you right from the word go. So um, even as we're talking about before, the cries, crying is a means of communication for our babies and um, this is the only way until they get words that they can actually communicate with us. And and we're meant to respond to our crying baby and certainly an overtired um, little one who will exhibit some cries. So first and foremost, always respond to our baby's cries. We are there for them you, to reassure them. Tired signs are something that a parent really gets to know with their little baby and their toddler. And they are different. Infants have different tired signs to toddlers. So with an infant, you really want to pick up what we'll call the early tired signs. We don't want to get to the really late tired signs because by then a baby's actually getting overtired and they should have been probably popped to bed. So what do these look like? So early tired signs are often things like um, the baby will give you like a long blank stare. You know, they look like they're really gazing at you or but they're actually sort of almost like chilling out or got really glazed eyes. Um, redness is often a key early tired sign around the eyes or the eyebrows. They might actually do what we'll call like little jerky movements of their limbs um, and that's a sign that they're getting tired. They're really getting ready for, for sleep. Uh, they'll often tense their little arms or legs. You know, they might clench their little fist as well. Hiccups. Hiccups is a sign um, early that babies are quite often getting tired. And one of the ones that we see in infants as opposed to toddlers is baby will often look at us and then they'll, they'll kind of glance away and you'll think, oh, they're glancing away and they're coming back to me. Oh, they're okay. They're still not tired. I'll, I'll play with them a bit longer. In actual fact, we call this like a disengagement cue and the baby is showing you that they are, they are getting tired. Remembering tired signs are just our brain waves winding down for sleep. We all have tired signs. If we miss that opportunity for our babies to go into bed, that sleep window, we truly are missing that opportunity to get them to settle um, down into that sleep cycle. And I think we all can um, relate to this because often as adults, you'll you'll say, ah, oh, I just want to watch that, that show on the, on the TV. And um, you think, oh, I'll just sit down. I've been running around all day. And what happens? We often sit down in, the, in our comfy chair and you'll feel your eyes, you know, closing. And you might even actually pop off to sleep for a little bit of time and you go, oh, I'll wake up. No, I really, really want to watch this show, but no, I better go to bed. So no doubt about it, as soon as you put yourself to bed, you go 
bing, I'm wide awake now. Well, this is exactly what happens with our little ones. We've missed that little opportunity with those early tide signs. So it is one of the keys to settling that we talk about at Safe Sleep Space. And um, certainly we we really ensure that parents can can see those tide signs. And in fact, you know, we have little videos that show you what those tide signs look like in, in babies. And toddlers have um, similar tide signs, but one of the bigger signs for a toddler is they often get clumsy. They often sort of fall over a little bit and you think, oh, they're just being a little bit clumsy. What's happening? But they're actually, again, getting really tired. So key, key that we often uh, make sure that we can look for those early ones and not not get the too late tide signs. Okay. So sleep regressions. I've often heard parents talk about sleep regressions, but what is a sleep regression? So again, often parents will say, just when I thought I had it all worked out, you know, everything was going along smoothly, the sleep is is sliding or they'll often use the word regression or, you know, the wheels are changing motion or I felt like I was on top of it. Well, in actual fact, we, we really, uh, across everything, um, I guess when it comes to parenting, but certainly when it comes to sleep, we really try not to use like a regression. And I'll, I'll explain this in the terms of it has sort of like a feeling about it that there's something wrong. You know, it's a regression. It's it's quite, I guess, negative. When in actual fact, we, we love to call this, it's actually a sleep progression. Because what is happening here is, is that this is often fits arm in arm with our little baby's development development, the phases. So what happens here is is that it's actually the babies or the toddlers, little brain developing. They're going through a progression, a little burst. They're developing. Their brain is essentially saying, you know, I'm mastering this skill, this new art of perhaps I'm learning to roll or I'm learning to crawl or sitting up or or talking or walking. And these are the times when we will see parents say to us, oh, you know, there, there's there been a dip in the sleep. Well, it isn't as much a regression as it's actually really positive. Your baby is actually doing something. Their brain is going, just a minute, mum, dad, just a second. I'm really trying to master this art of walking or talking or, or crawling. And I can't quite get the sleep right at the same time. It again, it doesn't last really long, and and I think if parents can understand that these are key times when it happens, and look out for this, and and almost like expect it, then they, it's like a ah oh, aha moment, you know. Ah, oh, that's right. Now they're walking. I understand why they weren't sleeping so well last week, or perhaps you know this this absolutely fits in. So yeah, we try to say hey, it's actually a really good thing. It's not a regression. It's, it's, it's actually a progression. It's a fantastic thing that your baby or toddler's doing. Now, there are different approaches to sleep and settling, but can you explain what a response-based approach to sleep and settling is? Yeah, there are various ways that parents will find information and read and learn about how they want their baby to sleep and settle. It's really important that we we do some essential things when um, we talk to parents about the approaches with sleep and settling. Firstly, we really need to ensure that a safe environment so working through the safety is is key and paramount that we follow the guidelines the six steps to safe sleep and settling as discussed in our in our podcast on safe sleeping 
and essentially understanding that we don't ever want to put our baby into a situation or environment or use an approach that is going to really in any way, shape or form have our babies sleep unsafely or our toddlers. But what we like to do is uh, work with our parents and work with the response um, or the way that they like to settle their infant or their toddler. Culturally across the world we know that there are various ways that parents will will like to settle. Some will perhaps like to, to co-sleep and as we said it's essential that if parents choose to do this that it is done in a very safe way and look to, to guidelines on how to ensure that co-sleeping if they choose this is, is safe um, for their baby. But we also know that evidence-based is we know a lot about our babies and um, toddlers' brains and their development. We, you know, thankful to all the research that's been done by some fabulous gurus in this world of, of babies and toddlers. We use very much a response-based or an infant mental health approach to helping our babies to sleep and settle. We really don't need to let them cry to sleep. We understand the different types of cries and when to respond so that we are using very much a way that fits not only with the adult or with the parents, but is really truly respectful of of the baby and the child. And at our organisation and very much across uh, the world, the Circle of Security, a fantastic foundation of attachment theory program that uses concepts of being with your baby and toddler making sure that you are responding to them, learning, teaching them about what the world is about and that you are there as the safe hands for them, the safe haven for them to come back to. And the baby then knows that they will always have parents or carers if they're being looked after by by their educators as those key people who provide that support, that attachment for them and are, are there for them in that time of sleep and settling. And a baby who knows that they are safe, they are secure, they've got that parent or, or carer there with them, will settle to sleep in a much easier way that uh, parents will find as well. Uh, it sits intuitively with them. So what does actually calm a baby? It's a great question. And we, we often get asked, you know, oh, can we have... We want to know the, the steps to the settling and how do we do this and we will, you know, explain these. But if, if a parent really first and foremost understands where their baby is at and what they, they can achieve, then it really makes it easy to know what, what does calm a baby. In in the first few months of, a, of your little one's life or a baby's life, they, they really can't regulate their big, their very intense emotions. And you'll see this by lots of ways that they're crying and, and you know, generally being maybe unhappy and a bit overwhelmed is a word that we would use. This is really quite intrinsically tied up with with survival needs, you know, in order to like for them to go to sleep though, we know that our babies need to feel very safe and secure so that they can be they're, they're relaxed if you like in in that state and by parents being able to offer very calm, not always easier said than done I know but uh, and very gentle very sensitive care tuning in is the big key you know as a parent understanding those cries understanding those tired signs not really looking at the clock but looking at your baby and going oh, I know they're overwhelmed I know they're they're getting tired and I'm here for you give them a beautiful cuddle you know some of that skin contact and and knowing that uh, little soothing sounds and talking and humming and singing for them is 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 a really really fantastic way to calm your baby and parents you know learn really quickly the way that they they can hold their baby and um, working together as a team is is absolutely a key you know it's it's pretty hard and everybody's a bit, bit stressed at this time especially no one wants to hear a baby crying so you know calming a baby by having them 
as relaxed as you can and then we place them into their position in their safe cot is really helpful. Now I've heard of sleep associations before but can you explain what these are and how can we help parents to not fall into the trap? Sleep associations. It's it's probably the biggest issue when we talk about at the beginning here of the podcast, when we were talking about how the difficulties or the parents, you know, having their infants and toddlers sleeping, it's about them going off to sleep or they wake after a short cycle. And now both of these are associated with sleep associations. And um, we'll talk a little bit here because it's really key to understand because if parents can not do sleep associations or help their baby with this, then they're more likely to sleep better. So what a sleep association is, is, is it can be looked about in the way that essentially how your baby is uh, put to sleep is the way that they know how to sleep. So in fairness to our little ones, and again, I say this in the way, in the most, uh, you know, a positive way for parents in that parents never, ever want to do anything that, that really doesn't, that impacts their baby. So parents do all sorts of things to get their babies to go off to sleep. And we hear some fantastic ways that parents become quite, you know, ingenious, really, at thinking of creative ways to get their babies to sleep. But some of the normal ways or uh, rocking your baby to sleep or feeding your baby to sleep or having them on you to sleep sleep, which is not safe, putting them in a pram to sleep, or perhaps one of the big ones is riding around, in, you know, driving in a car. And we'll often see or hear dads, you know, I've been driving around a little bit of the night, you know, to get my baby off to sleep. And I know there's that that happens quite a lot. Well, in fairness to our babies and toddlers, if this is the way that they know how to go to sleep, when they wake after that cycle, so again, remembering in an infant, that cycle is only about 30 minutes. In a toddler, it's about 60 minutes. They wait, they come up into that light sleep which is the non-rapid eye movement sleep. And in fairness to them, they're looking for the same way that they went to sleep. So they go, well, you, where is that rocking? Or where is that beautiful drive in the car? Or where is that lovely fee that you gave me? Because I don't know how to go back down into my deep sleep now until you've given me that again. So if we had a really big chart here, we would say cross off what the sleep association is as you put the baby to sleep. Think about that. And it's not saying we don't want you to cuddle your baby. We do. We want our babies to have cuddles. We just don't want them to be cuddled into a deep sleep or fed, breastfed or bottle fed into a deep sleep or certainly driven around in a car to sleep because these are not sustainable. And we need to then have a baby who comes up after that 30, 35 minute sleep cycle to that light sleep phase of then being able to help or go back to sleep into the deep sleep because they're not relying on that dependent sleep association. And it's really key. This is really one of the big things. If parents cannot have that dependent sleep association, then they're really able to assist their baby. What is good though, one of the things that we do love to talk about is an independent sleep association and parents will often talk to us about this. So it's absolutely what it says it is. It's not dependent on the parent. And and one of the things around this can be something like um, a little bit of white noise that is going on or in the background or perhaps a way that a baby is not dependent on the parent. So white noise essentially is, there are some safety issues I want to cover here around white noise. And there's a lot of research. And can I say to parents, be, be, be informed about this and keep your reading up because there's not a lot of research around how we use and the safety and efficacy of using white noise. But white noise is essentially replicating the sounds from in utero. And what those sounds in utero as uh, when, a, when a baby is uh, in utero for the nine months and three weeks or around about that, that's a term baby, so not a preemie who's earlier, they are hearing some beautiful sounds. And those sounds that a baby hears are the mother's heartbeat 
they hear the the, di- the swooshing of the blood through the digestive system. So that is is essentially one of the two key sounds. They also hear um, sounds outside. So it's really important. I say this here for the for the fathers or the dads and other partners that they hear the baby hears your sound because when a baby's born, they will look up and hear that sound of the of the parent that they're used to. With white noise, though, coming back to that, um, so it's replicating those sounds. So the the heartbeat, and that's where we we essentially use patting and um, patting has come from the heartbeat and when a parent uses patting so it's like a it needs to be in line with the mother's heartbeat and and often we'll say to parents you know if you're going like this you might be a little bit perhaps anxious or perhaps you know you just need to slow that down a bit we'll talk a little bit about overusing patting as well because it can become dependent for the child in a moment but the other sound is the swooshing of the blood through the placenta so when you get white noise try to get the two sounds together so replicating that so that is the that's what it sounds like when you put a doppler on if you go to your doctor or obstetrician or hospital you'll hear that sound so white noise is replicating the heartbeat and that sound and it's really good if parents can have a bit of this on as an independent um, sound. Don't overuse it. The key is not to use it for long periods of time. Don't use it for more than 30-minute intervals. Don't have it too close to your baby. So don't put it on a device that is more than, you know, it's got to be two metres away from your baby's head. So please don't put the device in the cot or the pram or anything unsafe, um, but also at least two metres away for the baby. And don't have it on at a high volume. Recommended is um, really quite low, to be honest. It's really about the sound of, of conversation tone about this, so about 50 decibels. And for those like me, when I first went, what is 50 decibels? A vacuum is 70 decibels. So if you've got it on as loud as a vacuum, it's way too loud. There's a lot of research going on about white noise. So I do suggest to parents that they become um, informed about this. Keep reading about it. There's a lot more that will come out about it. But use white noise if you if you feel like it will help your baby. And um, it certainly does because it replicates those sounds and, and eliminate the dependent sleep associations. Okay, Cindy. So the key points for our parents to remember in understanding sleep challenges with their babies and toddlers, what do you recommend? The key things are the the sleep of our babies and toddlers really will vary across time. Be mindful of that. And it will vary from each child to child. Each each baby and child has a different temperament, different character. So parents need to respond to that uh, infant or child in that respectful way. The environments that we provide for our babies need to be safe. They really need to be secure as babies and from an emotional point of view, providing a very predictable, safe, calm environment is so important, so, so important to support sleep. Look out for the early tired signs. Look out for the types of cries. Think about when those sleep regressions or we call progressions will actually be um, coming up for your baby. Ensure that your baby is not sleeping in an unsafe way. And think about, you know, if you're doing something like, um, why is your baby a little bit unsettled? Is it a separation anxiety? Or is it something simply like we're expecting too much of them? It's not age and stage appropriate. Or quite simply, 
there might be something happening. You might have another new little sibling arrive or you've moved house. These are always key reasons why a baby won't settle for sleep. And babies and toddlers need adults. I mean, they are the ones who need to be able to help our our little ones be uh, responsive to sleep and settling and use your supports, use your health nurses, use your GPs, use all your websites that you think that are evidence-based. So Red Nose, you, if you're the Lullaby Trust, all sorts of organisations that are there. Our organisation at Safe Sleep Space where there are blogs and podcasts that you know is evidence-based. But key parents, please be kind to yourselves. Sleep will get better, okay? It really, really will. Cindy, thank you for joining us on For Sleep's Sake. Thanks, Simon. For Sleep's Sake is brought to you by Nourish Baby, Safe Sleep Space and Sleep Smart.